I have harnessed the shadows that stride from world to world to sow death and madness. My name is Don, and I play Hilliard Cordova, the reporter. I'm Emily, and I play Elsie, the pilot. I'm Rob, and I play Misha, the deprogrammer. Hi, I'm Harley, and I play Carmen, the scientist. And I'm the keeper and storyteller, Paul Bonnell. Welcome to Sons of the Fathers. Okay, so, firstly, I've been thinking, and I wanted to apologize. I haven't been that nice to you lately, and it seems we're going to be working together for quite some time. So, I'm going to try and be nicer and more happy. So, as you haven't figured it out yet, this is a body shoot. Cool, right? They put all the dead, presumably dead, and those they want dead down the chute, like a ride for zombies. Not that you're a zombie, or that there's any reason to think there'll be zombies at the bottom of this. To be completely honest, I'm not exactly sure what's going to be at the bottom of us. The maps I got from the system were old and this shoot was still under construction. What I can tell though is that we have a couple more hours at least before we get to the bottom, which gives us the time we need to explore this next segment of your mind. Now, I'm gonna warn you, I'm looking at these memories and they're chaotic. I've probed a whole mess of people, things, and places, and I've never seen this. Your memories seem to fragment in different directions and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm guessing it's why the others are after you. But hey, you're doing a really, really good job so far. With the walking, and now the falling, you're doing great. You guys have finally gotten to a place where, uh, Elsie, you feel comfortable to let go of the manual controls and put autopilot on. The Theron ship that was chasing you has dropped off and then seems to have returned to Earth. Obviously, there's no real precedent for this kind of behavior. You have no idea how they were going to react or what they were going to do. So yeah, I'm going to throw it to you guys. What's, what's Is there an intercom system on the ship? There is... I'm just going to roll for it. Fuck it. No, but the door behind you is just... It's a sliding door that's open between this compartment and the other compartment, which is only 10 feet back, so you can just yell. I yell back to them. All right, everyone, you can unbuckle now. I think I'm good, thank you. I'll I'll stay I'll stay buckled. Ah, uh, I I agree. <laughs> Suit yourself. It's gonna be a long ride. Uh, Misha will unclip himself and start to hobble towards the um the front part of the ship. Actually, what I'm gonna do real quick is all three of you, not Elsie, roll me uh, Constitution real quick. <laughs> 88 on a 55 misha fails wow nice all right uh 69 on a 49 hell yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> and common uh, uh 67 on a 55 all right yeah good none of you sub- uh none of you uh passed that <laughs> so Elsie. It's just Elsie. Elsie turns around and everybody's just fucking plastered to their seats. Um, We're like skeletons. All the skin like, is like 
Shit, I forgot to tell them to put the masks on. <laughs> Cut back to CF Campbell. <laughs> Cut back to CF Campbell. I could have told you earlier about the lack of oxygen in the ship. <laughs> no one listens to uh, me. No. I'm just a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, um, all three of you have thrown up to varying degrees. The, the two in the back, Hilliard and Misha, you guys would have been able to, as, as you were warned by Elsie, you know, try to project your vomit toward the grates uh. on the ground. But Carmen, what would you have taken Elsie's advice and, and tried to throw up into vials, or what would you have done? Gross! <laughs> didn't didn't I thought we had grates up front? Didn't we? No, no, that was the thing. So she said, "Luckily, you have vials." Balls. <laughs> um, I think I would have just thrown up to like, uh, like, uh, I'm sitting in a chair, right? Yeah. Like it's like a plush captain's chair type thing. I would have hung over the side. Okay, cool. And, and like tried to not get it on me. <laughs> Yeah, what's up, Emily? Um, is there, like, are we in zero gravity on the ship? There is uh, inertia dampening as well as fake gravity. Cool. Yep. So there isn't just vomit floating around? No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna... Wait, hold on. Before you do this, Rob was taking an action before I introduced oh, the yes, uh, yeah. constitution. Yeah, I was just going to walk to the front cabin. Okay, yeah, and um, what are you, what you going to do? Uh, slump into the co-pilot's chair, but I think it's occupied. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to sit on I me? Thought Harley, as you, I thought as you, I go thought you were in the back as well. As no, yeah, she's in the co-pilot's. As you go yeah. to, as you go to step through the doorway, there is just a a big old pile of of puke that's slowly dripping down toward the uh, uh. down down the slope toward the grates. Are there any cleaning supplies on this ship? You wouldn't know. You could, uh... I wanna look. You wanna look for... Elsie will get out of her chair and look for cleaning Who's supplies. Who's piloting the uh, ship? Hilliard will see Elsie... Autopilot! Uh, do we know that autopilot works? So, Elsie, you gonna engage autopilot, yeah? Yes. Do I have to roll? No. You, 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 you know enough about ships to engage autopilot. One thing I will ask, actually, before you do this, though, is... Where are you telling autopilot to go? Is there a map? No. Uh. Not that you know of, anyway. Look, you've had training, comprehensive training in these ships, but you've never used these ships. You know tell how they it, work. Um, tell it to go to infinity and beyond, my dude. Hmm. Hey, everyone. Um, where are we going? <laughs> well, I. Um, are, are you kidding me? I, I thought you all ha had a uh, maybe would have known had a, a plan or something. We we need to go where the Thera aren't. Uh, Misha. What? Um, I'm just the one that I, flies you, the we ship. We were all we were all in the same room talking about the plan together, and no one had the thought to raise the fact that we don't know where we're going. Well, yeah, I honestly, when this happened, I, I thought you guys missed this key detail. Question for but Paul. I yes, what's up? Um, so, like, are there other planets? Other planets? That we can go to? So, I mean, okay. Good question. The, you know, because of the fathers that there are many millions of inhabited planets by different Christ. alien races and so on. Your lowly shithole of a planet is mm -hmm. 
manned by the Thera simply because they are the lowest of the fathers, and the humans are the least worthwhile of anything. You're basically treated as a as a, a grocery store on the corner. Mm-hmm. The entire galaxy is inhabited by the fathers and the many millions of races. So they're not the fathers aren't all Thera. No, the Th- the the Thera are the most uh the lowest tier of the the elven families of the fathers they the fathers make up many races the most ancient are what maybe you would consider in a fantasy term high elves they are ancient elven um creatures or what we what we would consider elves on earth from uh, a token perspective but they are known for their devastating cruelty and totalitarian regimes with which they rule and their rules that what they say goes and if you don't listen basically your planet will be cleansed so all the fathers are like that that is your impression but you have only ever actually dealt with humans have only ever actually dealt with on the very first instance in 2030 when the sky was blotted out by the father's armada the you know several key race representatives spoke to humanity and and made the deal to either assimilate or die um and since that point the thera have been the only uh, liaisons for humanity to the fathers and so the thera are really the only things humanity has ever dealt with other than that first day where they saw a few of the races but that was hundreds of years ago um i uh don't know what to do I will I will quickly say though that you are familiar with two human planets. One is Earth and one is the colony planet. Mm-hmm. Mars? It's not on Mars. It's in a different system and you do know that the the ship that you guys saw the manifest for and the um the Esne listings were the ship that was going to the colony planet. So that's where the brother Hilliard's brother and Carmen's mother were being taken. But would I know how to get there? You probably wouldn't yourself, but this is a a, a ship used for the Thera. So this ship specifically, its purpose is, is not vast travel. This ship's purpose is to go from land to orbit in order to go to the orbital stations for supply drops back and forth. How far away are the orbital stations? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say or- a number. It sounds stupid. They're in orbit. <laughs> a mile Have away. you already passed them? No. you. So on in deep orbit, like there's a good distance between the last stations and... Yeah. So, there are many of the stations. They're, they're import-exports. So do better ships go to the stations? I mean, yeah, there's several classes of ships depending on how much your product you're moving or what you're transporting. This ship is likely a uh, personnel transport between the orbital uh, station and Earth. Hmm. And it's likely a close one, because this isn't a ship built for interstellar travel. Elsie says, you know, we got away with getting this ship. (laughs) Why don't we get a better ship from the station and get some supplies? Um, Are you kidding me? No. That sounds like a very uh, um, b- bad idea. We barely got this ship, and we barely got off of Earth. 
Well, everybody in trying to get this ship, one of us was severely injured, and Misha points at his own leg, and it took zero Thera for that to happen. I got and shot And you're suggesting well. that we want to steal a ship from many Thera. Yeah, Harley rem- uh, Carmen remembers that she also has a bullet wound, or bullet grazing on the side of her abdomen. Mm-hmm. I would like to start looking for a first aid kit. First aid kit? Yes. Um, I'm actually, because he is the one who needs it the most, <laughs> I want Rob to roll me a luck. Although I know okay. I have one on me. I have something on me. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> it is it. I rolled a one, which is a critical <laughs> success. Oh, <wow. laughs> nice, nice. Oh man! All right. Um, Doctors from John Hopkins uh, board uh, a song alongside our airlock and treat us all for all of our physical and mental ailments. Right? <laughs> no. So oh. what? What you find is oh. a droid that can heal me. There's a net above the uh, the back cabin, and it has a bunch of boxes and things in it. And uh, you do find a, uh, a, a a silver metal box that uh, looks pretty damn official. It it easily opens. It's got the medical symbol on it. And what you find is a uh, a very complex device encased inside. It's in one of those nice foam casings specifically made for the device. You 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 pull it out. Uh, I assume, and it is mm-hmm. a tube like device for where you would put a uh, an injured limb there are several types of these devices give somebody who's who's inspecting this device i mean multiple people can i'm a biologist you're a biologist but you're not a medical student i'm one of my like electrical yeah uh yeah you yeah you could do that emily because that might tell you about the product Hilliard, what were you saying? I was going to say, since I'm uh, not wounded at all, I was going to uh, uh, treat the wounded while Elsie kept an eye on that autopilot. Okay. What yep. had we okay. decided forensics was for? Well, forensics is for forensics. So that's finding and utilizing data based on physical, like DNA and environmental okay. factors like that. So who's who's looking into the device, sorry? I will. I am. And Misha, are you? Yes. Okay. So yeah, you guys are looking at it. Emily, give me your give me give me that mechanical or electrical. Sixty-two, I fail. You fail. Rob, roll me something. <laughs> um appraise? I don't know. I've got next to nothing relevant here. Oh, first aid. First yeah, aid. yeah, roll roll the first aid. Uh, 83 on a 30. Oh my god. I also fail. Okay, neither of you. Could I roll on something else? What, what do you want to roll? First aid? Yeah, give, yeah, you might as well give that a try too. Damn it. <laughs> 51, I fail. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd like to roll language English to read the manual. <laughs> while, while they're uh, turning this over, could I just do a quick spot to see, uh, like, like obviously they're missing this one little thing. Okay, yeah, give me give me a spot check. Okay. Oh, no, I lost that. All right, uh 62, my spot is a 63. 
I succeed. Oh, nice. nice. What are you looking for exactly? Uh, well, they're like turning it over and trying to be real brainy about it, and I'm just like, I see what they're missing. Okay, so like they're they're trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. It, it's just like it's right there, guys. Yeah, you you what you do see you it wasn't a fantastic spot, but what you do see and you might just put together in in a simple a layman's view mm-hmm. is because um, they're applying all their technical specialties. Mm-hmm. You see that inside the tube are some pretty heavy-duty clamps. So you imagine whatever the process is, it's 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 a heavy-duty process. This isn't going to be just spraying a you know a bandaid on or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'll relay that over. Uh, Misha, you may want to uh, secure yourself uh, back in the chair. Uh, in fact, if we're not doing something, we should probably all remain buckled. Until we get wherever the hell we're going, and uh, I'll ease him back down to his seat if he's willing. Yeah, I'll, Misha takes the assistance. Okay, yep, so you're sitting down. Now, I am forgetting what leg that you were shot in. I think it was your left? Left. Yes, it was left, because right. I was walking on his right, so I wasn't uh, near the wound. So, this is a um, a, 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 a large tube that you could clearly get your your whole foot and leg into up to the top of your thigh Mm -hmm. are you going to just place that sucker in yes i do that okay so yeah you place it on you're sitting there obviously on a bit of the edge of the seat so that you can have your leg out straight and because of this you can't get your your belts your seat belts on around you because you simply can't sit that far back mm. is anyone going to do anything about that as in holding him or yeah yeah hilliard, yeah hilliard will have a an arm uh hand on his uh shoulder just so he doesn't you know f- gonna... fall forward out of the chair <clears throat> i'm gonna yes, go go up to him mm-hmm. and um the the cylinder the tube that his leg is in is it see-through no it is a completely no yeah no Hmm. There, so I'll, I'll, I'll describe what the outside looks like. It's basically, you know, those project tubes that you put your rolled up uh, maps and whatever in when transporting them. It's like that, but thick with a, with a C, just a double C. Mm-hmm. And it's got an opaque, almost glass looking outside that is that sort of hums with a slight white glow. The inside of it is a, just a shit ton of mechanical looking bits and pieces and you can't make heads or tails of it, but you can definitely see the uh, outcropping in the uh, clamps of where the leg is supposed to go. Or the, not even just specifically leg, but where you're supposed to put a limb. So, if I'm like standing behind him and looking into it, like once this shit You would be outside process... the ship, yep. What? If you're standing behind him, you'd be outside the ship. And he's 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 on the seat with his back to the wall. Oh, okay. So there's no way to look into this thing while it's doing its job. Correct. Uh, I mean, he could. I mean, you could probably get close to his crotch and look down. Perfect. I'm gonna um, <laughs> I'm gonna get really Don't really mind close. Me. <laughs> Please. No. Oh, well, Cut that well out. done. <laughs> Sound like an old miner or something. Um, <laughs> calamity yep. anyway. Carmen, some shit. Uh, so. I'm going to get uncomfortably <laughs> close and try to look into this thing while it's doing its job. Uh, not okay. helping out at, at all. <laughs> yep. So, cool. Uh, you're just going to sort of analyze this is your idea is what you... Yeah? 
I was thinking of bringing Beetlejuice up, but that might fuck shit up. Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll uh, analyze with my eyeballs. Good call. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. As you, nothing happens as you place your leg into it, and then immediately it does. At the end, the open end that you're putting your leg through, an iris closes quickly and sharply around your thigh, pressing on it very sharply. You can't see into it now. There is basically a whirring happening, but it is very tight. To the point that it's actually hurting you, you're going to take one damage as <laughs> as a result of this. What is your health at? We're down to seven, I think. Um, Carmen is gonna uh, react very strongly to this, and okay. she's gonna go, "Oh no, I can't look into it." <laughs> yep. And she's um, gonna so you're in, walk away. You're in significant pain, Rob. Um, yes, I'm trying to work out where I mark my health on this stupid thing. Here we are. I'm now below half health. Yep. You're at six, are you? Yes, I am. I am at six health. Okay. Oh, what is everybody doing? You're in significant pain. This thing has closed around your leg. Um, is and it doing anything else? You don't know. It's just, you can't hear anything. It's not moving. Um... Rob, you... um, Misha, Misha bucks forward, like folding in half at the pain, trying to like pull the thing off. All right, as as you try to, you start to get a weird sensation, uh, like that you just don't feel anything in that leg now, like at all. But am I still in pain? Oh yeah, from the iris. There's the the only pain you feel is the iris. You don't feel the gunshot pain though. <laughs> Which, um, which is, I try and get my fingers under the iris point to, like, pull it You definitely open. can't. It's almost as tight as, like, a uh, piano wire would be. Uh, and seeing uh, Misha trying to, like, remove himself from it, uh, Hilliard's gonna, like, not not slap slap, but kind of just push his hand, like, let it do its thing. It, it's it's what it's doing what it's supposed to do. Just leave it. But you don't even know what it does. It's a limb-shaped device that went onto his limb. It could be amputating him. Well, then... Amputation? Misha starts to panic. I'm gonna run back. <laughs> what? If your limb gets amputated, could I have it? I don't think now's the time for that, Carmen. Carmen's a biologist. She could reattach it. Now's the time f for science. That sounded not like my character. And I apologize. <laughs> Alright, well, so... <clears throat> yep. I would like to... I would like to, at this point, roll psychology. With, with, with what intention? To see if I'm batshit insane. <laughs> I would like to understand, I think now that Misha is not running for his life uh, and he is in great pain, I think it now might be the moment that he realizes that he is on a ship with people he does not understand. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, not even yeah. Hilliard? And I still have his blood. They say all people. Um, that was a 16 on a 70 for psychology to understand. Holy what shit. Carmen's nice. malfunction. <laughs> Alright, yeah, you just understand that clearly she cares about science way more than anything. Sorry, I'm cutting in here for a second. So, as I said before, I don't really know how this happened, but these fragments I talked about earlier, well, I'll just show you. There's a few of them, so I'll just open them as we go, I guess. Laying in bed in your dimly lit room, a world moving outside, sirens and lights flaring up. You 
clutch your bunny rabbit stuffed toy tightly, along with several children's story books, waiting for your father to return home from work and read you a story. Good night. As you look to the clock on the wall, Carmen, you see that it's 9.15, 15 minutes later than when your father usually gets home. You're still awake because you're determined not to go to sleep until he's read you your bedtime story, and you're sure that also your stuffed toy bunny wouldn't have it any other way either. <laughs> you're a little upset and uneasy, but you're sure that he's fine. He's probably just working hard, as he usually does to provide for the family. Your mother is in the living room doing her crossword puzzles as she usually does. The clock slowly ticks over to 9.20. Just as you're about to give up on the idea that he's going to always be there for you, that he loves you, that the world isn't ending, you hear the door open. Papa? You hear a few footsteps and your mother greeting him, but it immediately turns into a scream. (laughs) And your mother... Claudia starts to panic. Oh my... Oh my god! What happened to you? Um, Carmen's gonna, like, jump out of bed and rush to throw her door open. Okay. As you do, you throw the door open and light floods in from the living room. The normal smell of smoke in the air from your mother is tainted by something else, something vile. To your right, there are shadows being cast from the front door. It's clearly your mother and another person, um, but you haven't heard your father's voice yet. Are you going to investigate, or what are you doing? I'm going to come around the corner. Papa? As you come around the corner, Claudia, your mother, is frantically trying to pull a a very clearly injured individual... Um, as she pulls them past you, it does turn out to be your father, Raphael. Um, she's pulling him to the couch, and as you look closely, his eyes are bruised red and bloodied, his lips are broken, his nose is completely destroyed, uh, his, his left leg is trailing blood across the carpet, and it looks like his shirt is also soaked through with blood Papa. she pulls him to the living room couch and tries to lay him down he slumps down and lays there shaking slightly what's wrong <laughs> Carmen Carmen sweetie go back to bed oh, what's wrong with him he'll be fine daddy's fine you need to go you need to go to your room and not come out frantic and panicked Claudia is trying to wrap her shirt around his arms or his legs. She's trying to grab whatever she can to uh, stop the bleeding. Are you? What are you doing, Carmen? She's gonna uh, rush to the kitchen and grab uh, like kitchen towels and stuff and try to help out. Carmen, go into your room. I am telling you to go into your room. Just just hug your buddy. You know, your little bunny that you have in your room that daddy got you? Go hug it, okay? Please do what mommy's telling you. She's gonna rush back into the room, I guess, and uh, dive like right under her sheets and pull them up over her head. And uh, she pulls close her um, bunny stuffed toy and uh, 
She's just going to clutch it tightly and, and shut her eyes. Um, kind of wishing that this is just a nightmare. As you do so, with the door closed and suddenly in the dark again, you can hear your mother frantically questioning uh, Raphael and she starts to burst out in tears as Raphael is grunting and it, it doesn't even seem he can talk properly. You overhear her telling him that she's going to go get help. A few moments later, she opens your bedroom door and... Carmen? I... Daddy's going to be okay, alright? But mommy has to go and get help for daddy. But you need to be a very brave little girl and you need to stay in your room. You need to hug buddy really tight because he's gonna be okay but you could be my brave little girl right I love you so much mommy loves you so much and everything's gonna be just fine I promise oh go everything's gonna be fine I love you so much stay right here and I'll be right back I promise okay quickly you hear the front door close as time moves ever so slowly you can hear Raphael, your father, grunting and almost muffled screaming uh, into the couch in pain and agony. Carmen um, clutches the stuffed bunny tightly and uh, takes a shaky breath and comes back out. As you leave the room, you're greeted again by that vile distinct smell it's clearly emanating from your father looking down the hallway and into the living room you can see him on the couch he seems pale and the couch is covered in his blood his eyes staring at the roof are strained open as wide as they can in extreme pain are you okay? with what looks like extreme effort and exhaustion he turns towards you uh, as best he can but it's not much he looks at you through the corner of his eyes he doesn't really do much after that except shudder and pain and <laughs> um she okay so at this point does she know where her dad where they keep the medical books and all that stuff the yeah she knows where the books are that he's been trying to teach her in her room she has a little shelf of several uh, science books she's gonna rush back into her room and pull out as many books as she can carry um probably way too many for her but she struggles with them um back towards the living room a few falling on the way um, and she just lays them all out and, and begins trying to see what she can do to help her dad. I would like Little Carmen to give me a general science role, and you have a penalty of 30 because of your age. Excellent. That's a 49. And that's with the penalty? Oh, so I add 30? Yeah. So, 79. Yeah. Your little hands are scrabbling across all of the books. You're flipping pages trying to find 
keywords that might hold any kind of information about uh, blood or injuries or wounds or anything. The only book that seems to mention anything is the biology book, but even that you can't really make heads of tails of. You hadn't made it to this book yet, he was going to start teaching you that next week. You do see some basic medical ideas, but it looks like your mother's already tried those, such as stopping the blood and so on. Is there anything you want to try? Um, can I try to make some sort of roll to see if I can cauterize the wound or like know how to do that, that kind of thing? With, yeah, with a luck of 30, give me a luck roll. Uh, to see if she can come across that information by pure chance. Okay. 17. Alright. Yeah, you do. You come across in, in, in the medical journal, you can see a little bit of a explanation, but it has pictures, which helps a lot, and you see the general idea of cauterizing a wound. It's also something that you've briefly passed over with him in the past. Uh, Carmen's gonna just try as best she can to follow the instructions. Um, do we have a fireplace at home? Yeah, yeah. Most places uh, these days have fireplaces, yeah. And like, uh, with, like, the fire poker and that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so you, you run across... What are you going to do with it? Are you going to put it in the fire? Are you going to... Yeah, she's just going to, like, as best she can, sort of, like, from what she got from the book, and as quickly as she can, um, try to, like, heat it up um, so that she can try to, you know, help her dad. Yeah. Having seen in the picture to wait for it to be red hot, you, you hold it in there. It doesn't look to be getting quite as hot as the picture showed, but you do as best as you can you're gonna run across where are you going to apply it on him um she's gonna go try to apply it to his uh, stomach wound which is i think right. what was bleeding most is she going to try to lift his shirt or do it over top of the shirt she's gonna yeah she's gonna lift his shirt and um she doesn't really know what she's doing she's just gonna you know as best she can just try to apply pressure and um all right so as as you lift the shirt he goggles and muffled screams into the air as you pull it away from his wound it's stuck to it the blood is thick and coagulated a strong smell emanates from it it's definitely the smell you were smelling earlier but you do successfully eventually pull it off are you just going to straight up apply the the fire poker yeah yeah okay you push it down on him and his whole body goes stiff and eventually he lets out a the loudest scream you've heard his body shakes and eventually goes limb and uh, you think he's probably passed out Okay, um, as he's screaming, um, she's just gonna be saying over and over again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, daddy. As you pull the fire poker away, you see that you have 
somewhat cauterized the wound. His body goes limp, and he lays peacefully. She's gonna... gonna Yeah, she's gonna go up to him and kind of shake his shoulder a bit and say, Daddy, are you okay? He doesn't stir. Um, she's gonna put the stuffed bunny, um, on him for a second and, um, just shake him a little bit more. Daddy, please wake up. He doesn't stir still. She puts two fingers up to check his pulse. As you push your fingers up onto his throat, uh, trying to find the pulse, you get frustrated and and, and a little scared because you can't find it. You don't know where it is. There is no discernible pulse anywhere. Come on, Daddy. Wake up. And he remains that way. (laughs) The night drags on with you in the room, crying. She steps away from him. Her hands uh, start shaking. She feels cold. And she just kind of kind of like hyper focuses and just launches back onto her knees flipping through every single book paging through everything um there has to be a solution <laughs> come on it's, it's, it's science it's science there has to be a solution there <laughs> and she's just flipping through book after book after book and trying to read as much as she can and um I think she doesn't even know where she is anymore. She's just so focused on this one task that she has to complete. As she does that, the clock slowly ticks over and more and more time passes. The sun slowly rises and the days wear on and your mother never returns either. Okay, um, it, it, his entire leg is encased, even his foot. Yeah, his foot, it's just, it's a completely closed to okay. a third of the way up his thigh. Yeah, I knew up, up high it went, I just didn't know if it encased the bottom part, because I was gonna, Hilliard was gonna take his shoe off and see, see if he had uh, a pulse <laughs> in his foot, if it was still oh, attached. Nice. Um, but okay, he's just, uh, now he, uh, Hilliard's just pacing up and down the, the walkway. Just, uh, All like, right. pulling it, not pulling his hair out, but just running his hands through his hair, just... Uh, what are we gonna do? Where where are we gonna go? Where's safe from the Pharaoh? Are you is is um? I was gonna call him Calder. Um, is fucking Misha Hilliard? Hilliard Hilliard. Don, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) seven episodes. Um, Hilliard's alone in in the hallway. There's well, no, No, it's just no, it's just the 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 walkway between the two rows of seats on either side. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were, like, we're in the hallway or something. Nope. Um, I want to take my mini centrifuge out of my bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I want to put the Theron samples in it. And also okay. Misha's blood. Yeah. Um, you, you load them suckers I, up. I want to just turn it on and see if anything at all happens. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Give me a science check. 
A science <laughs> priority. Science. <laughs> so wait, where are you doing this, by the way? Have you gone to the? Did you, have you gone to the the cockpit compartment? Are you um, sitting how in big the is same? It, how big? How big is this room? There's a fi- it's 15 foot across, so between the two walls with the chairs on them is 15 foot, and then it's 40 feet in the other um, dimension. So, yeah. I'll just go in the furthest corner of the room and sort of sit crisscross apples. Okay, so you, you, you go back toward the back of the ship next to the bulkhead rear compartment airlock door, and, uh, yep. In, in the same room? Yeah, it's in the same room. There's only oh, okay. two rooms on the ship, yeah. Oh, okay, 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 cool. Uh, science roll? Yes, please. Is there a science skill? Yes. Ah. My now my science is one percent, but biology, forensics, and physics are all my sciences. Yeah. So when rolling science, you just roll science, biology, if that's what you're doing. So give me okay. a biology. Um. That'll ah. Oh, yes. That's ninety six. But oh, you is can't that a critical failure? Yes, yep. it is. And what does it even mean? And you can't buy your way out of a crit, what's, out of a crit what's fail. critical fail? What numbers are critical fail? So ninety six and above. Ah, oh, ass tits, balls, so, fuck shit, ass. So you uh you take one of your Theron samples. Are you putting all the Theron samples? Just one and or because <laughs> you have two Theron samples. How many did I have, Paul? You had two. I had flesh and I had blood, right? Correct. Which are you putting in? Well, it's probably the one that's gonna get lost, huh? Um. Don't matter. What would you have put in? I was thinking of putting all three in, but like, butts. Okay, well then you put all three in. Um, <sighs> well, like Misha's are... blood, the the Theron blood, and the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you are, you know, you've pulled the <clears throat> vials out and you're twisting them. Uh, you're, you're, you're. Um, they, they, they screw onto this centrifugal device centrifuge and you uh you've done that and you're looking and then you press the go button on the top and it starts picking up speed but there's a bit of a rattle and roll me a um dexterity i'm gonna go ha that's strange and then see what happens um dexterity uh it's uh cool uh 27 on a 75 Oh, okay, good. that's that's your dexterity is ridiculous. Apparently, fuck yeah. She's a so skater. you, right next to you, the Theron blood sample vial clearly wasn't screwed in properly, and it comes with the extreme speed of a centrifuge. It it comes off and smashes against the uh, the rear compartment door, uh, exploding the vial. None of the glass gets on you, but the blood splashes all across the door. <laughs> and it's a big explosion. Everybody would see this. Uh, it's a very loud bang, an explosion of blood. Is it on me? A, a few drops, maybe, but nothing s- serious. There's just a large amount of blood all across gonna, the... Uh... like, <laughs> rapidly get into my bag, take out another vial, and try to, like, quickly, like, scrape in what little bit, you know, like, droplets I can into another vial. Okay, and what's everybody else doing? Uh, Actually, I want to ask Elsie, where are you during all of this? Are you still in the uh, the the cockpit, or? Well, I would have given Misha some painkillers. Oh, a right, long cause... time ago. Okay, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, uh, and and Misha, uh, they help a little bit, not significantly, but. Um, I want to hmm. look for what supplies we have on the ship. All right, so where? W- so that's what you would have been doing. Yes. Okay, so while 
give me give me a search check and then yeah. Twenty five on. I don't know. All right, if you don't have anything in it, I believe the base is twenty five. Is the base of search spot hidden? I mean, um, spot hidden. Yeah, it's twenty five. Yeah, so you yeah. you just succeed. Yep. Nice. All right. So in the uh, nets above this room, uh, you do find a bunch of boxes of some stuff. However, before you have time to check their contents, the explosion in the back of the, well, the big crashing sound and blood going all over the back wall happens. So you've pulled the boxes down. You haven't looked in them, though. I turn around and look at the blood. Carmen, what did you do? Um, technically, I didn't do anything. (laughs) If we're getting specific, the centrifuge um, uh, pro- projected my sample onto the wall. You should be resting. You shouldn't be doing science. You still there is have a no time for rest in your back. <laughs> what? Everybody, roll me perception check right now. Listen. Fuck. Listen. Yep. Listen. Base of twenty. If you don't have it. Um. Seventy-one on a fifty. Eighty-eight. Uh, I succeed. What'd you get? Forty-two out of fifty-five. Nice. Gosh, um, sixty-seven. I'm just yelling real loud. <laughs> okay. Ah. I yeah. So Don, you're the only one that knows this, so nobody met again. You hear a thump from the other side of the rare compartment door. You mean from the outside? A thump. <laughs> no, that's an is an airlock before the door that goes outside. Okay, but in so inside the air okay, so in the vestibule of the airlock. Yes, the vestibule, good word. Thank you. Um okay, uh Hilliard, <laughs> uh uh when all that was happening, he was still pacing and then when uh uh, uh Carmen started to react, he did look over and then he, he jumped when it uh burst, but then when he hears that, he's going to uh, rush over there. God damn it, Elsie, did you not check the rear compartment? There's someone in there. You hear, and now everybody's paying attention. You hear another thump, thump. Uh, he and uh, Hilliard will thump back uh, the same number of times. Are there no cameras or anything? No, you don't see a camera into it. And you hear another loud thump as soon as you thump back. I go to the cockpit. Yep. Is there any information? No, I mean, you would have controls for mm-hmm. it. Uh, it, it, uh, next, next to the the rare compartment door would be the, you know, uh, uh, and right, there would be controls in the cockpit as well. Yeah. Before I she go back. Okay. Yes, Don. Uh, uh, Hilliard's gone white. He thinks a Thayer has stowed aboard. Um, uh, Misha, Misha, give me your gun. <laughs> uh, Misha hands it over, puzzled. Okay. Uh, th- there's someone. There's someone there. It could be a Thera. It, it, it could be. They could have found us. They could have. Uh... Why don't you ask? I assume it's soundproof. Uh, oh, go right wait. Up to it could be a Thera. Wall. I'm going to run forward. <laughs> forward. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you're already there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. You, you're at, you're ground you're zero. on that wall. Yeah. That's where the blood went. Oh. It's like, is it thumping behind me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on, because you're right next to the rear oh. door, and the blood splashed all over the rear door, okay, and then so you hear the thump. I'll re-say that. I'm, I'm gonna then I'm gonna stand up immediately, and and what is it's, it's a door I can just open it. Oh, there's a, it's a rare airlock door and would need to have the uh, 
you know, the controls pressed to open Oh, I see. It. Okay. Because so I'm just going to press my ear against it and go, hello. Are you going to do that just in the blood? <laughs> oh, hmm. <laughs> I don't think I'm stupid, but I am crazy. Um, mm, no, I'm going to like, did I, was I able to get any blood at all? In the, uh, in the little pile? scrapings, but it's spread very oh, well. Damn it. Okay. Um, I'm going to grab my suit, my oversized suit jacket, and just wipe at it, and then press my ear against the, the, the wall. Okay. It's incredibly oily, and so you're still getting a thin film of it on your ear. But yeah, you're there, and you are quite, you know, thrown when a loud thump hits right next to your ear. Ah! There's somebody here. Or something. Or somewhere. Or, or yeah, I was going to say, someone. or sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What are you guys doing? Beetlejuice. Uh, I'm uh, going to take out Beetlejuice. Oh, okay, cool. Not, uh, and Hilliard, not, uh, not out of the, the thing, just yeah. take him out. Uh, Hilliard's... Wait, no, so okay, please uh, describe. What are you doing, sorry, with, with Beetlejuice? He's in his vi- little vial, right? Or, yeah, or... the vial does. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the little vial. Mm. So I'm going to take the vial out. I'm not going to let him free. Okay, he starts scrabbling crazily toward the door. Yeah, I think it's a Thera. Yeah, that thing, those those things. Oh wait, does Hilliard know that they uh, went after the Thera with such ferocity? Yeah, I assume. We, yeah, we saw yeah. it a few times. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if and then Hilliard it... saw because he was he tends to be cowering in fear or. Oh no, I think you were watching. Okay, you were there. Okay, um, and, and so uh, Hilliard uh, holding his his uh, skin's just gone uh, sheet white, and he's uh, shakily holding the gun with two hands pointed at the uh, airlock or I'll the door see. to the airlock. What? Open the door. Are you sure? Yes. And I'm gonna. We mm, should. I'm gonna slightly un- uncap the the vial so that, like, if I release my hand. Uh, Beetlejuice will go flying, but like just enough to, so that he can't. Like, All right, I'm holding give me it. a um, give me a quick strength roll. Oh boy, is he that strong? Jesus. <laughs> um. Oh, I keep rolling fucking nineties. Um. Ninety six. Strength. 96, 96. Str. Mm-hmm. That's a ninety five. Yeah. Um, oh. Can I push the roll? Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> uh, you. Yes, you can. You can push what the is, roll. Again, yeah, what is that? Describe what you are doing to re-roll, but if you fail, you will specifically fail, not just not get what you want. There will be a bad consequence. Excellent. This is reckless. Okay. Is it reckless? No, 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 no. no, Um, I'm saying like, no, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Like, you know, what you're doing is a a reckless thing to, to save your ass. So you can try. Um, Yeah, yeah. So does the does the the difficulty get harder, or is it the same? No, 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 you just get to roll again. If you succeed, you succeed. However, the the risk is that if you fail, it will be a worse fail. And I can't a def- spend luck. A, 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 you can spend luck right now, because you haven't critically failed. Okay. 96 and above is a critical fail. Gosh, um... And what you see is Beetlejuice scrambling to the very top of the, the vial... And with a ferocity of, of just strength that you would not have guessed, is pushing against the lid that clearly is about to get out of your grip. Well, um, everyone knows Carmen. <laughs> I'm a gambler and a risk taker. Character creation, let's go. So, 
Yep. Oh, well, you have to tell me. You, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. Yes, I have to describe. I'm, I'm sorry. You can't take that role because you have to describe <gasps> to me beforehand what you are doing. Oh, my Fine. God. Spe- um, <clears throat> specifically gonna... what you are doing. Maybe you're oh. hobbling over it to put like two hands on it. Maybe you're putting it in your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking of putting it against my chest, but that not, might, might not be a great idea. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let me look at my sheet. One second. Hmm. Hmm. Can I do something while she's doing this? Uh, depends. What are you doing? I want to help Misha get to the cockpit, just in uh, case. You can't do that. That's too long. We have to do okay. this action first. Yeah, I'm just gonna step away. Put my uh, step away from the wall because I had my ear against it, and just like put all my force into holding it with both my hands. Like, uh... yeah, okay. I don't know how else to to, to describe that. Just all I'm right, just roll using all my force. Um, okay, man, that was such a good roll too. <laughs> Um, ah! No. And I can't use points, right? Or, or luck points. I don't think you can buy out of a uh, a pushed roll. Ass, I'm 10 over. God damn it. Okay. So what score did you get? Sorry? I got a 55 on a 45. Okay. Yeah, uh, you are trying to screw the lid down, but the very top of it, as you're pushing with both hands, you push too hard, you shatter the vial in your hand. And oh, you stab no. a piece of glass stabs into your hand. Ah! You you take one damage for that, and then Beetlejuice is gone, and you don't know where he went. Ah, uh-huh. crap. Um, not not great news. So take um, one damage. I'm gonna announce to the team. Yep. As I take my damage, uh, take one damage. I'm yep. at ten points of health. Okay. Um. So. I've got good news and bad news. Uh, what's the bad news? I I've lost track of Beetlejuice, but the good news is that um, there might be a Thera on board, and that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Hilliard will gulp loudly. He's he's got a flop sweat going now. He's harmless. He won't hurt you unless you're bleeding, which not, I am. But I'm that's not, kind of I want him to come back to me. Yeah, I'm not worried. I don't think Therans follow that rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not I'm the beetle I'm worried about. Yeah. It's the Thera on the other side of that door. Elsie, uh, uh, can you open the the outer door and shoot him out before he can get in? Can I? Yeah, that'd be a thing you can do. Presumably, okay. Beetlejuice is hunting him down right at this moment. Is that what you're gonna do, Elsie? We're gonna lose Beetlejuice, no. Carmen. Why? That wouldn't be the case. Beetlejuice is in the compartment with you guys, yeah. presumably. It's an airlock. Oh. There's absolutely no way you could presume that it would get through the airlock. Because if it could, y'all would be fucked. We don't know for sure <laughs> that it's a Thera back there. But that thing, those beetles only reacted that way to Thera. You hear There's another the thump. There's blood well, if, on the if you, door. If you it could open, be reacting to that. If you, out, if you open our door... And the cargo, uh, the airlock door at the same time, we'll be able to see if it's a Thera as they're sucked out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
Misha is Misha is very woozy. <laughs> I have an idea. What's up? Not you, GM. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to my party. Um, what if we um try talking to to this creature? I'm not great at talking, so one of you will have to do it. Uh, I can do that. Okay. Uh, here, you take the gun. I'll talk to him. And then I'll hey, Misha reaches guy. up for the gun. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, okay. Uh, Misha, you said you wanted the gun. Misha reaches up for it. Okay, yeah, he'll. Yeah, you know what? That's a better idea, Misha. You just, I'll talk to him. Carmen, go stand in the cockpit. 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 Um, I'm gonna take my straight razor out, and um, and just point it at the, at towards that direction. But I am gonna stand in the cockpit. Wait, is the cockpit? It's attached. It's in the same room. Yes. Question mark. Okay. Uh, cool. So yeah, it's it's attached to it. There's nothing like a hallway between them. It's there's a there's, there's a, a sliding door that could close. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then I'll go stand back there with my straight razor pointed at the at the door. After an exhausting day of writing at home, filling out reports and trying to do the best you can on stories that just don't interest you they don't feel very exciting or worthwhile at all uh, you decide to go out and see the town go for a walk in, in the air and uh, before dinner where do you want to head? I think I'd like to go to Tillingast for dinner uh, tonight's chicken parmesan and I, I think I'm going to need uh, some time to go out ahead so I can walk around stretch my legs out a bit before I can uh, treat myself to a big meal like that okay um, so you're just gonna walk around in general pointlessly in the local area yeah yeah I, I know it's a uh, middle of the day still but uh, I'm al allowed to be out at this time of day uh, I'm at night you know I'm, I'm a bit of a night owl I like to stay up late riding but I can't really go on night walks so mm -hmm kind of like you know middle of the day i'll go it's going to be muggy it's georgia uh but yeah uh, i'm going to just take the long way to a tilling guest all right cool yeah so as you're uh, maneuvering making your way down the streets taking in the sights and sounds uh, down a couple of blocks from you a little bit out of the way you do see a bit of a commotion there's a bit louder presence of people and a much bigger group of people than you usually see okay uh, seeing that people are congregating, uh, Hilliard will walk up, tap one of the people, uh, looking on, on their shoulder and kind of hush whisper. What's going on? Is it an eviction? Do they uh, actually evict people from this place? They charge people rent to live here? Nah, mate, uh, guy keeps screaming, uh, I think we got a jumper, honestly. Shit! And uh, Hilliard's going to look at the crowd and kind of follow their gaze up. As you look up, a uh, a desk chair is thrown out of one of the balconies about five floors up, and then a red-faced man pokes his head out off the side of it. What's the point? You tell me right now, what's the point? I gave them my best 20 years, and for nothing, nothing, a pink slip for one mistake. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, sidestep the, uh, the debris field of, uh, furniture that's been thrown down and, uh, slip my way into the building's entrance okay. and, uh, make yeah. my way up the stairs. Uh, I would like you to give me a, a, a stealth roll, actually. 
Okay. Uh, I got a nine. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you push on through and uh, push through a side entrance uh, that nobody seems to be paying attention to. You're just gonna go up to the fifth floor? Yep, yeah, uh, <laughs> securing my uh, briefcase, uh, just kind of clenching it in my hand, uh, catching, stealing myself for uh, five flights of stairs up. Uh, Hillier's going to uh, set off uh, as a, he's not gonna stomp up, but he's not gonna like try and tiptoe. He doesn't feel like he has to uh, uh, be too sneaky inside. He just wants to get up there and talk to this person. Okay. As you crest the top of the fifth floor stairwell, you enter into a hallway and there are several doors that are open and you know, onlookers peering out of their door down the hallway. Uh, at the very end, there's one closed door and you can hear the basic mumbled sounds of the man yelling out from his balcony. Okay, I'm going to uh, make my way down. Um, I'm going to set my briefcase down at the top of the stairs here. I don't want to have anything in my hands when I go up, but as I make my way down, I'm going to... Uh, make eye contact with some of the people on the way down and just kind of with my hand silently beckoning them to just go back inside you know shush or you know finger on my lips sort of thing and i'm gonna they, stand they don't go inside but they do just stand there <laughs> yeah uh, at that uh hillier's a little annoyed bunch of you know bottom feeders having to watch the car crash uh he's going to keep going down and uh, until he's standing outside the door okay yeah are you gonna knock are you gonna try open it uh no before i do that i'm going to dig out of my uh jacket pocket a uh one of my uh my my cards my business cards and uh i'm gonna set it down with the name facing up and i'm gonna just kind of nudge it underneath the uh (laughs) large gap between the uh, door and the actual floor and i'm gonna put it in place and then i'm gonna lightly tap on the door afterwards Okay. Uh, excuse me, sir? What? <laughs> Here to take me out already? <sighs> no, no, sir. Um, I, I'd like to speak to you, if I may. Um, if you if you come to the door, on, on the floor, there's a business card. That's that's my credentials. I'm, I'm a reporter. Uh, Hilliard, you do hear the sound of shuffling footsteps behind the door. Uh, Hilliard's standing there just, uh... He's a little out of breath from the, the climb up the stairs, but he's kind of just mopping the sweat off his face with his sleeve, and he's just standing there with bated breath, waiting for what's next. What do you care? Uh, you, you see, sir, I'm... My name is uh, Hilliard Cordova, as you can see on the card, and I work for... I'm an investigative journalist for the Savannah Sun. Um, it, part of my job is dealing with families... Uh, broken up by loss and um, it's it's not a pleasant gig but I've kind of gotten used to help soothe emotions and I, I can tell you're having a hard time if you could open the door I'd like to talk to you you hear the sound of wood breaking against the wall I don't need soothe the emotions I need somewhere to live well sir uh if you just calm down, you you throwing uh, things through windows is not going to make your landlord sympathetic to your cause. Please, let's just share a drink. You can tell me what's going on, and I will go down there with you and talk to your landlord. There's a pause for a moment, and then a, a little bit more of the shuffling feet, and then the, the door unlatches. 
Okay, I'm coming in, uh, and obviously I'm not armed, but just, you know, could you take a couple steps back? I'm, I don't want to, don't want to startle you, but he's gonna, as he's saying this, he's still pushing lightly the, the door all the way open. He's gonna slide in and, uh, shut it behind him till it latches. As you do so, you enter into the room, it's, there's broken furniture and, uh, wood splinters He's an older, balding man, and he's clearly very distraught and frantic. On the ledge you can see past him, the balcony, you see a, uh, a coil of rope that it looks like uh, is tied into a noose. Uh, Why do you care? Honestly, if I don't do this now, for the next three days, I'm going to be writing up your obituary, wondering why didn't anyone intervene? Why didn't anyone stop in for a friendly chat? There's... Because cause no one else cares. Not not the landlord. Not my boss. Families left me. Why do you care? I care because someone has to. All of your neighbors right now are looking down the hall at your unit, watching as if a train collision had just happened and they want to see some gore. That's not how we need to live. And... If you're not going to listen to me, just realize the Thera don't treat those who disturb the peace very well. And if nothing else, if you're, if you insist on going through with this, you're going to want to tie that rope tighter. You're just going to fall and break your legs. And then you're at their mercy. The man looks back at the rope and then at you and he turns around and makes his way to the rope and unhooks it and he brings it back to you can you can you show me how to tie it right then you're saying this is you know I better get it right the first time so you know if you really want to help <sighs> okay I'll, I'll tie it and uh, as he as he hefts the rope he's <sighs> you're a dock worker and you you don't know how to tie a knot? Uh, factory. Canning. Oh. Oh, I see. Um, a lot of automation there. I imagine you... Your, uh... Your workforce has dwindled a bit once they started automating everything. Huh. What, uh... And as he takes this, he's kind of stretching it all... Like, uncoiling it all the way. And he's uh, standing there a moment, just holding it in his hands. A lot of good people gone, and I was what's left. And 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 then I say one stupid thing, and I'm on my lunch break, and I say that stupid thing, and I'm gone as well. Between you, me, and the rope, what was the stupid thing? It's the Thera. They get in your head, man. I said I don't want them there. I don't. I don't want them in my head. I don't. I don't want to be thinking their thoughts. And 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 shift lady overhears it, and and that was it. End of the day, gone. Twenty years, man. Twenty years. I, I can't imagine. No, no, defense. No, mediation. Just gone. I've been. Well, I, I've been with the paper for, well over twenty years now, and I've had to learn. What words the Thera don't like being transmitted? That's there's a reason why. I'm on the uh, obit beat. I don't, I don't get to tell the fun stories of uh, things opening up or heartwarming family 
triumphs. I'm resigned to my spot in the cubicle where at the very least I get to connect with the people that I write for. And I don't want to connect to your family after this. This is just going to make it harder for me to tell them in print that I was there when it happened. Surely you have someone. They're, they couldn't have just left you. Did they leave you over the job? Nah. They... They left before that. Said I was getting too angry with them, too... bringing my work home. As the two of you are talking, the sound of the crowd outside seems to dissipate quite quickly, and immediately you hear the very familiar sound of Theron air vehicles approaching and stopping outside the balcony. Look, sir, um, what was your name? I didn't get your name. It's John. Look, uh, John, they're here. Uh, they're gonna kill us both if they come in here and see us both in here with that mess down down on the street. Just just, just play along with me. I will tell them that you had a, a, a termite infestation and we were throwing it all away, but you don't care about your life. But I could be killed in the process for trying to do a good thing, so please, just play along and let's just, let's just try this one last time to get over this together, okay? I'm here. I'm in this. As you're saying this, you hear the metallic footsteps as they clink down outside and two large therans stand there with their guns at the ready uh so hilliard will start by uh is it presumptuous to assume that even in this time sos is still understood as morse code like i feel like hilliard at least would know sos there is a within the rebel side of humanity there are uh uses of morse code sure. so yeah sos could still be relevant so yeah uh he's looking around he he needs he he knows his fist can only do so much so he's looking for something hard to uh to you know just just to, to make the sound carry through so he's going to try to pound sos into the airlock uh, into the door to the airlock um he doesn't have anything on him misha he needs misha to keep the gun so he's gonna pick up the uh uh the center he was going to go to pick up the centrifuge to tap on the door with using ah! it what <laughs> <laughs> no, no she doesn't say anything she's just running full 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 speed ahead wait do i have my yeah. rollerblades on no i don't no because we no, were going God, through the no. first okay. fuck if you had um, those on still <laughs> i'm fucking i'm running okay uh, sure you see um, carmen uh, don you see or or hilliard you see um I was going to say Dawn. You see Dawn and have an existential crisis. Um, you see Carmen rushing towards you. Uh, she's still got her straight razor out. And what she's the? just going, ah! She's turned. Misha, shoot her. Misha, you get home after a long day. And sitting at the counter is your partner, Julie. Hey. Hey. Long day. Yep. Mm, try me. Coffee? Yes, please. No, I was asking if you'd made it. Oh. No, but I'll put some on. Mm. Um, Misha goes and sits down at the table, and he just starts to, with the palms of his hands, um, rub his temples. 
Julie makes her way into the kitchen right near the dining area and starts uh, brewing some coffee. What's wrong? Uh, I had... Let's call it a work conflict. Um, there's... There's two officers and... I shouldn't get involved. I know I shouldn't get involved, but... It's hard, you know? Small workplace, loud voices. Yeah. You wanna tell me more? Misha looks up and arcs an eyebrow um, at Julie. Guess she'll squint quizzically. Yeah, fine. Um, okay, so there's a bit of backstory here, but um, two two cops. Uh, one one's pretty new to the force, um, and he's I think he's struggling with getting. Um, you know that if you're a cop you have to follow the rules um, there's no exceptionalism um, mm-hmm. and, and and the other one is a bit more veteran and if I'm being honest he's a bit of a Theron suck up um, anyway the, the two of them got into a row some case that they had um, they, they have to go out tomorrow there's some reports that um someone with a knife or something is planning something um, I, I don't know where they got the intel from in the first place and um, the older one um, Hodges he 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 seems to think the best thing to do is go in you know um, I don't know why I'm even telling you this it's not your problem it's not my problem no um, I'm curious how do you feel about all that how do I f- feel of that? Mm. I mean, it sounds uh, pretty rough. You must be having some emotions about it. Yeah, I, well... Uh, I, I keep... I keep thinking... It makes... I, I don't know how I feel about it. It... The, the problem is... It, my job is meant to be simple. I, I'm not a cop. I shouldn't care what the case is. My job is to deal with people. So I don't get why I'm struggling to deal with these two people. I've. Well, I've, you're allowed to have emotions. But why? Why would I be feeling this way about two people that don't matter? Like I have clients I see. I have, I have people that I have helped. Why is it that a rookie cop and an old cop argy barging about what to do is the thing that is setting me off here? It could be it's triggering something that maybe you have unresolved. Could be. Okay, so what what would what would you do? What do you do? You 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 you're with a client, you're in your workspace and and you feel conflicted. How do you respond? Hmm. I don't know. I guess I would take some time and take a breather and maybe sit with my thoughts, but it's not really about how I would deal with it. How what are you feeling? What do you want to do about it? It's more what I did. Uh, the the young cop, the rookie. I don't even know his name. He he came up and he he saw that I was paying attention. He knew who I was. 
he asked me to ride along tomorrow to the whatever they're doing raid or whatever he said he'd feel more comfortable in <laughs> would you believe this he said in a less hostile work environment if there was a psychologist riding along with him and his partner oh, i shouldn't have paid attention anyway um i said yes you know i, I said yes why'd you and say now, yes i don't know maybe to resolve whatever it is you think is unresolved here uh, I think it's a mess. It's a mess. Do you think and you might be playing out some kind of fantasy? <laughs> Misha looks up at this sharply. Are you trying to shrink me right now? No, I just... I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. You seem like you need some help right now. You're right. I'm sorry. I started this conversation. I shouldn't get snippy at you because I'm feeling brittle. Um, I get it. You're maybe in an elevated emotional state. You don't need to apologize. Thank you. Thank you. I know. Um, is it a power fantasy? No, it's not that. It's... I think, I think I'm feeling jaded. After everything I've seen, I don't think there's anything left that could surprise me. And I think seeing this young, enthusiastic cop who thinks they can make a change is spinning me out. I think, I think I'm gonna go along tomorrow and there's gonna be two people who should have no reason to fight and they are going to be fighting and it's my hope that somehow I can stop this from escalating and and it's it's coming from a jaded place and I think that is what is setting me off because it'd be great to be as optimistic as this person and I know I know I need to do the hard thing and put them in their place. Okay, yeah, and uh, seeing her rush at me, I'm like, whoa, 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 and he'll put it down, What? and put his hands up, what, what's wrong, Carmen, I wasn't going to break it, I just, I need to get through, I need to pound on that with something. Don't touch it. What? It's Does mine. someone? And I'm going to someone... swipe at it, like, very, like, defensively, and I'm going to put oh. it back in my bag and walk away, Elsie. like, with, okay. like, hands, Elsie hands Hilliard the fire axe. Oh, that's oh, that's brilliant. That's okay, a, that's a that is a good idea. I thought, I thought we left that behind. And then he doesn't understand, and he starts just trying to hack <laughs> through the door. <laughs> no, no, he, he's just gonna take it, and he's he's yelling. Uh, <laughs> he's yelling, uh, "I'll get you, motherfucker!" <laughs> Here's Hilliard. Uh, Here's no, he, uh, God damn it! You beat me to it. So yeah, uh, thank you, Elsie, and he'll go over and just like uh, like right up against it, like as if it was like a little ball peen hammer, just. Dash, 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 long, 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 dash, dash, dash. Mm -hmm. Okay. You get the exact same in reply. And then, I don't know the actual Morse code for this, but the Hilliard, mm -hmm. no. Yeah, Hilliard, he, he has the uh, the letters for H-E-L-P. Elsie, you wake up sitting upright. There's pain shooting through your body you have absolutely no idea where you are or 
what day it is, you hear a loud blaring of an alarm that sounds somewhat familiar, but you can't really place what it is. Uh, I would like to look around. Yeah, as you slowly open your eyes, squinting against the pain, you see smoke, debris, and there's glass on your shoulders and on your shirt, on your pants. As you're looking at yourself, you do notice that you're in your work uniform. Give me a spot check. Alright. That is a 13. Um, what's your spot? 21. Okay, yeah. That's uh, not a great spot, but it works out for you today. You look around and you notice you're in a cockpit of a plane. You're the only one in here, and it seems to be in pretty bad condition, as do you. As you're looking around, you're still buckled into your seat, but it definitely looks like you must have been in a crash. Do I remember what happened? Uh, give me a power roll, because that's a willpower. That's a 35 on a 50. Nice. Wow, you have pretty good willpower, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you slowly start to push back through the haze, through the memories. You have visions in your mind of getting assigned to a plane you don't usually fly. It's actually it's a passenger plane when you usually do cargo. Uh, you remember being quite angry about that, but having to take the assignment anyway. You need the money, and there's really no pilots left in the area who can do this. After a couple of hours of flying, one of the alarm lights on the dash started blaring, and when you tried to fix it, you noticed you don't actually know what that light means. It might be a new addition to these planes, but that also wouldn't make much sense to you because they're phasing out the human planes as it is. Hmm. As you futzed with it and tried to fix it, you started to lose altitude pretty quickly, and that's where your memory goes blank. Hmm. Um, I would like to... Wait, sorry, did you say it? Was it a 35? Yes. Yeah, so you also remember that there was actually a passenger on board in the compartment behind you. And the plane is on fire? You don't see fire. You see smoke coming out of your... Can I smell it? You you see smoke coming out of your controls, and behind you there seems to be somewhat of a a wisp of smoke, but you can't really say there's a fire, per se. It's more looking like the controls have burnt out, and maybe soon there'll be a fire, but not in your immediate. I would like to try to find the passenger... Okay, yep, so just behind you, when you unbuckle, will be a passenger door, well, the door to the passenger compartment anyway, and they should be in there. Alright, I will try the door handle. I don't want to open it immediately, I want to see if the handle is hot. Okay, so you unbuckle yourself, I assume. Yes. Alright, as you do so and you jostle about a little bit, it's a little stuck, but you get it. You feel a striking pain through your jaw and the right side of your face going up the right side of your skull. As you raise your hand instinctively to it, the very slightest touch sends that pain ever more strongly through your entire body, and you realize that your jaw is absolutely shattered. Well, that sucks. 
what do you what do you want to do? So you're going to go check the door? Yeah. Okay. You pull yourself up, trying not to move your neck or jaw too much. Every time you do, your vision blurs a little and hazes with the pain. But being a small compartment, you do reach the door, and you said you were going to check to see if it was hot? Mm-hmm. So wh- how are you doing that? Are you going to hover your hand? Are you going to put your hand in a, a sleeve? Are you going to just touch it quickly? or Touch it quickly. Okay. Yeah, you, you touch it a little bit, and there isn't any strong heat coming off that. It's really hard right now to concentrate on what you're feeling, because your face is in more pain than you've ever been in. Mm. But you do touch the handle and you don't really feel any burning or anything. It doesn't feel like there's a fire right beyond the door. Alright, I'm gonna try to open it then. Okay. You need to give me a strength check as it jostles a little bit. You can't budge it. Alright, hold on. That is a 92 on a 50. (laughs) Did you say on a 50? Yes. Oh boy. Well, it's not a crit fail. You try to jostle it about, but it will not budge. You get it the slightest inch, and you realize that the door seems to be hitting something on the ground that looks like sand coming underneath the doorway. Sand? Just the slightest bit, yes. That's weird. Yeah. Um, hmm. Is there any other way out? Yeah, so as you turn around, you know that the front windshield has an ejection function for this kind of situation where you're trapped in the in the in the cockpit but as you turn around you notice that it's absolutely shattered anyway all right i will go through the windshield then all right as you turn to move uh give me a listen check that's an eight all right uh, you hear on the door behind you now as you've turned around. Uh, thump, thump. Well, there's not much I can do about that since I can't talk. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm gonna just keep going out the windshield and then I will look for another way to find the passenger from the outside. Alright, so you know that you can go, you could try to go in the main door that the passenger would have entered to get onto the plane. Alright. One thing you become immediately aware of as you try to make your way to the window is the incline of the floor. The cockpit is definitely not resting horizontally. It's facing diagonally up. So I have a, to climb a no, little it's, bit? No, it's, 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 it's only a, like a 10 degree hmm. incline, so you can walk it reasonably easily. But, but I still get a bit of a workout. But it, Yes, but it is worth noting that it isn't straight like you would imagine if you had landed this successfully. Okay. Although there are other key factors that might clue you into that as well, such as all the blood and... Not being in the air. And broke and not being in the air. So, you make your way up through the window and I would like you to give me a dexterity roll to traverse the glass. That is a 60 on a 55. Okay. You do your best to avoid the shards of glass that are strewn about everywhere and the little jagged pieces. You avoid most of it, but you do accidentally slip and cut your knee just slightly. Alright. Your head is pulsing and you can taste blood. 
I'm still halfway alive, so that's good. Yep. Alright, so am I outside now? Yeah, you're on the nose of the plane, and I'm assuming you're going to look around. Yes. Yeah, so as you're there, you feel this gust of wind, and you notice you're on a flat plane of sand. There's no dunes, it just stretches off forever. Is there, like, plants? Like, like, am I in, like, the California desert, or...? You can see the odd cacti and shrubbery, but there isn't much else. You don't recognize this Hmm. area, and in fact, your route shouldn't have even gone over an area like this. Alright. Um... So where do I find another way into the plane to the passenger? Just the normal door on the side of it. I will try and open that. Okay. You're gonna just climb down. It's pretty easy. You get down onto the ground. Again, it's sandy, and you make your way around. As you do, you notice the reverse incline of the rest of the plane, so the cockpit is facing diagonal up, and the rest of the plane seems to have almost detached right next to it, uh, it was semi-connected to it, but bent so that it is facing down, almost like a giant tick with the... Like uh, a V. Yeah. And the V, the point of the V is right where the cockpit connects to the to the rest of the plane. Hmm. As you get back there, you do notice a substantial amount of smoke billowing from the back of the plane. So it's about to blow? Give me a intelligence. That is a 30 on a 70. Nice. Yeah, you can tell that you've got maybe two minutes with the amount of smoke that's coming out and from everything you've experienced in your piloting years. There's a good chance that something's about to catch or the chance that something important in the fuselage and so on will catch is getting increasingly uh, dire. Well. As you are contemplating that, you hear again the thump, thump thump, thump, and it's starting to get more emergent. I'm gonna try get the passenger out. So you're gonna try open the door? Yeah. Okay. You're just gonna grab it? You're gonna... Yeah. Okay. As you get there, it's it. you have to sort of reach up to try to open it as it is... Again, the, the back of the plane is planted into the ground. But you can reach it just as you try to pull it you notice that the door is crumpled just a little bit as the chassis of the plane has definitely pushed back and and the door seems pretty locked in place. Could I maybe try use like a piece of metal to get it open? Yeah. You don't even have to search for that. There's a bunch of metal pieces on the ground. You're just going to grab like a, a rebar style. Crowbar yeah. type. Yeah, you grab a, a long piece of steel or whatever metal they use in planes. Um, and you're just going to try and wedge it in? Yeah. Alright, give me a strength. That is a 90 on a 50. (laughs) No, you try as hard as you can. Looking up in this direction is also causing your throat and jaw to burn with extreme pain and you just cannot get it open as you're doing this you see an elderly lady's face in the first window above the plane wing and she looks grim looking back behind her and looking towards you and you see 
an ignition of light behind her, orange light streaming in the cabin. And she just stares at you. I just look at her and try to say sorry with my face. And then I run in the other direction. It, it, it could be human, but I've we've never seen those beetles react to a, a non-thera that way. I think they're just reacting to the blood that Beetlejuice. Oh, of course. Okay. Um. Well. Okay. I guess ready the the ready the the interior door if if you if you could. And since he's got the fire axe, he's uh he's gonna hold it up two hand over his head, just ready to Paul Bunyan the son of a bitch. Paul. Nice. Yes. I would like to put my roller skates on. Yep, fine, cool. <laughs> you do that. Noted. Well, in case I need a quick to escape. skate with those grates on the floor. Yeah, with with grates are on the floor. This is true. Um, but you or know, are they if like, she gets... what kind of grates? Well, if if you go by the matrix grates that I showed in the last episode, we're not going by the matrix grates. They're the fucking. <laughs> it's the same. F- whatever. Okay. So they're bumpy grates. Uh, no, you're fine. These grates aren't big enough for your wheels to fall through. You're good. Okay. Those are matrix size grates. <laughs> According to the Matrix, this isn't chili like lollipops. <laughs> Alright, so Elsie, are you then going to open the interior door? Yes. Alright. Um, where are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it at the interior door or are you gonna do it from the cockpit? The cockpit. Okay. And yeah, uh you go back there. And is Carmen still holding the uh the, the straight razor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um Misha, what are you doing? You're sort of you're a little woozy. You feel, I will mention at this moment, you feel a cold, very cold feeling on your uh, on your thigh. It's the the sensation you haven't felt until just now. I think Misha's just going to continue lying there, sort of holding the gun. Okay, but like his his um, his <laughs> trigger grip is not particularly safe, and his arm is sort of bobbing and weaving so a little he's, bit. So he's nice. he's visibly not looking uh, steady with the gun. Does anyone? Does yes, but I don't know that anyone's paying yeah, okay, attention. Exactly. To yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, uh, Hilliard's got. He's got the the lumberjack stance going. I hit the button to open the doors. Okay, as you hit the button, you are uh, overcome with a realization. You remember what system that missing cord is to. That you were installing the data processing unit. Oh, jeez. And you realize it's the uh, compartment doors. And you accidentally vent the compartment instead of opening the interior. Mm-hmm. And you hear... <gasps> and as you look at the rare camera, you see the old caretaker floating away in space. Shit. That's not good. Oh boy, that's heavy. I would really like to sit down with you and unpack all of this mental baggage. Some of which makes no sense for you to have, but we don't have time for that. In a moment, you're going to feel the incline of the chute start to level out, and we're going to slow down. Then we're going to reach the end and find out what's at the bottom. Brace yourself. I'm not expecting this to be pretty. 
Hey, this is Dan from the Indie Film Review. Wouldn't you like to brighten up your day with something like this? A lot of them go into like the film industry and like how to make a film. Oh, who cares? None about of them that? actually cover the films. <laughs> okay, listen. That are Do you have a camera? Mm-hmm. Then you know yeah. how to make a film. What? That's, that's how fucking easy it is. You're that's right, why it's right. so fun to shit on films because it's so fucking easy to make them i don't think it's that simple dan i don't <laughs> think it's that simple i make films all the time i'll throw mine uh, out into the ether and be like hey i the made the, the best film <laughs> what what you do in the bathroom does not count as film. <laughs> as, as indie film are you sure <laughs> no well you listen to it anyway gotcha <laughs> Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.